0: (laughs) it's it's disgusting
1: how hard they rock it's yeah i would never suggest listening to that band (laughs) Jesus, can we start the show yeah sure let's start the show
0: congratulations you found volume 12 of the rock of shame podcast the backlog busting deep diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week i am your host the bad boy bryce reed i am joined by the champagne supernova mr greg Plored.
2: be here now
0: <laughs> greg you look like uh, a guy in a documentary who doesn't want his identity to be revealed
2: Trying to figure out the lighting in the room. Still,
1: <laughs> you need the voice mod too, sir. Your voice is like super, like. Uh, anyways, yeah. um, so good, Jamal. Jamal took us to the club. Okay. I uh, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> I am also joined by my Wonderwall, Drew Peak.
1: Anyways, here's me. <laughs> 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 Gotta can't believe uh, we're doing anyway. this, this is insane.
0: If you're new it was your sh-
1: week, you asshole. <laughs> I just wanted to get closer to Colin in our yeah. band who loves Oasis. Yeah
0: if you're new to the show let me give you the good news each week these three fine american men and sometimes guests select a musical artist or group we've never really listened to and we spend the whole week uh with that artist uh uh you know uh in their art and their culture and the whole world of that artist uh, only to return here the following week to tell you all about it you can listen along with us or you can join our brand new Discord community over at tinyurl.com slash rockofshame. I made it sound like the two were mutually exclusive. You could do both if you like. Um, lots to do. Uh, music is better when you share it, and so is this podcast. Share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tweet us at Shame. Uh, But you can also uh, watch us record the show live every single Tuesday night over at uh, Twitch.tv slash ThickBoyDrewski, uh, which is uh, spelled how you might spell it if you were some kind of surfer dude, you know. most importantly for now, just subscribe on any podcast platform that you listen to and uh, listen along with us every week because we're having fun on the show. Greg Plord making his return to the show after last week's uh, move-in debacle, as it were.
2: Yeah, uh, I have internet now. Yippee. Welcome back, Greg. <laughs> I'm Woo-hoo. so happy
1: Greg Welcome is back. back. Although, Welcome back. We can't make fun of you anymore. Oh, Drew, Drew and I had
0: a wonderful episode talking about Merle Haggard. I wore Uh, a cowboy hat with Greg's thoughts included as well. um, I was, I was uh, pleasantly surprised the first time I think at least since Aretha Franklin, where we were all like dead center on the same star count for everything Um, uh, with him getting three fours, uh, which uh, is a great score and a great week. Uh, I had a wonderful week with Merle Haggard. It, Uh, I miss Merle Haggard
1: Uh, I wish I could have Now more than ever
2: (laughs) Uh, I do wish I was able to Have joined on that podcast Because I did have more to say Than what I uh, wrote down But I figured I would keep it Somewhat to the
1: point What uh, you did say Sounded like you were a wine taster Of country western
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will say that
1: It was was exquisite
2: And well written I-, I did have time for my word choice in defense, yeah. whereas live yeah. I'm like, okay, well, uh, PP. This shit fucking slaps,
1: bro. Whatever, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> and then you sit down, you're like, as I as I listened to it from my chambers, sipping on my glass of merlot, I felt that Merle Haggard's undertones of <laughs> the Bakersfield sound really resonated with me. I, I felt myself going. Sorry, okay, I'll stop. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Yee-haw, indeed.
1: <laughs> Yeehaw.
0: <laughs> this is going to be the rest of the show with you two. <laughs> oh my god. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's start the show as we always do with some new music that came out this week. Want to give a shout out at the top of this to Have Fun by Opium Droid, which came to us from our Discord user Margarine. Uh, a fantastic little EP that, should, that I think everyone should check out, very sort of a pop kind of rock thing. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. I know you listened through it as well, Greg.
2: Yes. Very quality, uh, three-song pop-punk EP. Uh, Marge did the, uh, or Megs did the, uh, album art, artwork, Mm. and, uh, yeah, and I think she manages Opium Droid, if I remember correctly.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh, a conflict of interest, huh?
2: uh Uh-huh, but, (laughs) no, in, in all seriousness, though, it's... Some quality shit. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like if I thought it was just another Blink 182 rip off, I would be like, yeah, fuck off. But yeah, no, Opium Joyd actually have some chops in the songwriting mm. department and the production department too for you know three song EP. It sounds very immaculate. So good job, guys.
0: Yeah, I like I like that thing, man. I listened to it. I was like, this is good, man. This is good. Uh, so I also want to an Opium
2: talk- Joyd show soon.
0: Hmm? Yeah, hmm? <laughs> I I'm, get in touch. Uh, the uh, I want to talk about the, the new uh, Interrupters live album that they put out live in Tokyo. It's pretty good if you're into the Interrupters. Uh, it's really kind of bizarre uh, because it's uh, the first live album that I've listened to, certainly in recent memory, where uh, it's very clearly an opening set that is recorded for the album and not a headlining set from them. Um, and I think that's kind of a bizarre way to make a live album, but it is what it is. That band being who they are, they're like a you know, they're great. They write great songs, but they're also like admittedly kind of a a pet project for um uh rancid. So they they tend to get these opening slots on these uh, big show with Green Day, big show with Rancid, big show with this and with this. And so it's this live in Tokyo album um of a lot of their sorta best songs and there are pretty good takes of those songs, but uh just from the way that they're speaking, you can tell that, oh, they're they're opening for someone in this album. And that's kind of strange, because usually when you hear a live album, it's a headlining set that they're making the album out of. Um Hmm. and there's just a whole different tone to the way that they're playing the music because they're headlining instead of opening. So I thought it was kind of strange and maybe just the way that that tour was set up, there was no space for them to go and do the live album at, at uh, maybe a smaller venue on a day off or something like that. But uh, I thought it was kind of cool that it was uh, a a completely different side of uh, live recordings that you don't really hear all that much of Uh, Uh, Greg.
2: uh, Let's see. Uh, Plenty of new singles came out this week. Um, I didn't get to do any last week, but I'm not going to, hold up the this section for like thirty minutes. Um so <laughs> singles that came out this week that are really good, um, especially on the hip hop end of things are uh Rolling Stone by Lil Sims, Keep mm-hmm. It Like That by Ritz featuring vinnie Paz, uh Lumberjack by Tyler the Creator, and he's coming out of a new album this Friday, which I'm really fucking stoked about. Um Corday and Common with What's Life, which I guess is from a soundtrack. Uh, From Liberated, is the name of it. Uh, What's another awesome single that came out? Oh, uh, Matthew K. uh, Heffy, who is the uh, lead singer in Trivium. He actually did sort of like this weird industrial rock song with Mike Shinoda uh, of Linkin Park. He produced Mm -hmm. the entire thing. It actually turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It actually fucking slaps really, really hard. Um, and for albums, I would recommend, uh, the new Her record came out. It's, uh, 21 songs long, so it's, it's a little bit much, um, could have trimmed the fat a little bit, but Mm -hmm. for a modern, uh, soul record with some funk and pop and even some rock elements, this is some masterclass stuff. I just wish it was, uh, the fat was just trimmed a little bit in the center there. And, uh... Does,
0: uh, does Her ever tour with him?
2: Uh... I sincerely doubt that they ever crossed paths. But but good one. I actually did not I did not see that one being set up. Um, and uh one other album that I think uh actually a couple of records that people should check out, uh D Wayne. Uh he is sort of uh he's another artist who uh fuses sort of rap, punk, uh some pop, indie, rock elements. All actually working pretty well and for an album that 10 songs just over half an hour get straight to the point it's pretty fun and also uh, Muse came out with their 20th anniversary of uh, of uh, Origins of Symmetry um, where they remixed uh, remastered the record and it sounds a bit it sounds a lot more dynamic uh, the strings and keys in there sound a lot better overall and some vocal parts especially the backing vocals are a little bit higher and you can actually hear them so overall, I think for like one of those anniversary albums where they just, you know, give you a remastering of it, like this is a nice remix remaster of the record that I think uh, anybody who likes Muse should check out. Jeruski, Are they still a band? Oh, yeah. No, they released a record back in like uh, 2018. Wow. It wasn't that good, mind you.
1: But, okay. uh, but, uh, did the lead singer go like, ah, ah, like a lot in the songs? Um, what? if I remember,
0: <laughs> I don't know enough about Muse to get that. That's joke. all I remember. <laughs>
1: That's all I remember from listening to Muse. Just the lead singer's vibrato fucking absolutely frustrating the living daylights out of me. Right. <laughs> like, just fucking shit like that. That's fair. Yeah, his, his
2: vibrato is. Is either a love or hate a, thing. I personally, yeah, yeah definitely. I I personally enjoy it, but I can understand why people would be like, "Oh my god, I can't fucking stand it." I'm like, yeah, I just he's hate he's a vibrato.
1: For the most part, I just really <laughs> they, like do not. They like were vibrato. just
0: they were just one of those bands that really happened when I was in high school, and I I haven't heard much talk about them since. Like James Blunt. You remember when James Blunt was like fucking huge, and then
1: yeah, uh, or um, I remember when I used to smoke huge fucking blunts. With a guy named James,
0: yeah. With a guy named James,
1: <laughs> under a bridge,
0: for five
2: dollars a man.
1: Yeah. Um. Under some the bridge,
2: downtown <laughs> is where I drew some blood.
1: I got a couple, a uh, couple things that are new this week. I found. Um, one of them is a uh, very um, robust Miami rapper by the name of Booby Ludovelli.
0: Wow, Came that's out wonderful.
1: So Bryce, I don't ever do that to you. Um
0: <laughs> No, I just I love that name. Booby Booby uh Booby Lovato?
1: Booby Ludavelli. <laughs> oh came out with a tr- with a with a single called Fuck the Sub Up. Oh. And uh it's pretty fun. It's about a minute forty five. Quick little listen. Um pretty fun though. No features. Uh, for it's like the first single. I feel like he's done. That's just his own shit, which is really cool. It's very. He's a pretty new artist, but um, I enjoy him a lot. He's um, he's fun. He's definitely some gangsta shit. Uh, but mm. it, it's fun. It's fun stuff. It's like just some gangsta Miami shit, and it's cool having some cool Miami sound coming out. Because the last like, is it booby with a y or an ie? Ie. Oh, nice. booby Ludavelli yep found him yeah he's an interesting character um and uh also um something that i was really excited to listen to and i enjoyed a lot uh was the OEP with justin J and claude von stroke um just fucking awesome analog synth work just super fun kind of dancey house tracks um they're awesome. It's super fun. If you like that kind of stuff, go check that out. Um I love Justin J. I love Claude Run Stroke. Uh they're two of my favorite producers for sure in house music. 'cause cause they've kind of been like pioneers in kind of defining house music kind of sound from like the late two thousands to now. Uh with like Dirty Bird Records and all that stuff. And yeah, it fucking that shit slaps. Like I'm probably gonna play a song or two off of that EP at some of my upcoming shows. Um, I also have an unreleased track out on SoundCloud right now um, called Never Gonna Stop, and you can go check that out at, you can just search Official Drewski on SoundCloud and go check that out if you want to. It's unreleased, it's under review on several labels right now, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me for, like, music. Obviously, I'm just, <laughs> most of the sh- shit I'm looking for right now is just, you know, Dance tracks, because I literally have so many shows coming up, which is exciting and also kind of weird, mm-hmm. um, after having a whole year off and then coming back and just having so much going on is pretty fucking cool. I'm grateful for it.
2: Where so. would you recommend a where would you recommend a good starting point for Claude von Stroke? Because I listened to his last album that came out, and I absolutely detested it. But I saw that <laughs> he was had... What was his last album? It was... Uh, uh, Freaks, Freaks and Beaks, I think it was.
1: Oh, yeah, Freaks and Beaks, yeah. Um,
2: I liked the first song, and then the rest of it, I wanted to slam my head against the wall. That
1: shit was weird. Uh, Freaks and Beaks had some weird tracks in it. He was basically trying to just like tip his hat, I feel like, to a lot of older artists and do his own weird thing. Um, I feel like... Um, all of his earlier EPs and stuff like that are kind of fun type dancey tracks. Who's Afraid of Detroit is a really good single. I guess for albums um, the only other one I can really think of that's like a full length because a lot of them are just you know a lot of dance artists release like a lot of um EPs I, and yeah. singles
2: and stuff like because that's kind of more the uh, sort of the market that it goes with.
1: I mean, the one that got me really into him was probably Beware of the Bird. It's got a lot of really fun tracks on it, and it's just, like, that... It's really kind of what... Like, it was, like, some really defining sounds for, like, Detroit, like, House and stuff like that from that time period. And it's when he was transitioning to San Francisco. Well, I mean, he was already in San Francisco, but, like, he brought a lot of Detroit, like, industrial stuff to, like, House Music, and their home base was in San Francisco, I guess. So that's where a lot of the yeah. parties were going on. But, like, he had... A lot of Detroit influences with his sound. And then he's got that one, and then he took a little bit of time off, and then he put out Urban Animal. And Urban Animal's another pretty fun one. It it has some more experimental stuff. The Urban Animal Remixes album, though, where he has a lot of um, people off of his Dirty Bird label has some other really good songs, too. But yeah, uh, Urban Animal um, and Beware of the Bird are super fun, and Bird Brain is another pretty decent one the, like a lot of his earlier albums are super fun and like really like um, they're, they're like so minimal and like this really cool fun kind of way where like it sounds like very raw and like analog and he got more polished as he went and like urban animals kind of more of that transition but then freaks and beaks I think he was just trying to get like as super weird and different as possible because like with a lot of the dirty bird stuff it started to get so predictable with its structure and stuff that I think he was trying to continue to push that um, kind of bizarre and strangeness to the front. And, like, yeah. Freaks and Beaks, I remembered, I think the only ones I played off of that album out were Young Blood with Wyatt Marshall, which was, like, a Deep House cut they made. and That was really good. Um, and then All My People in the House was the other one that was, like, pretty fucking fun um oh and freaks don't fail me freaks don't family now is the banger from that one too yeah that
2: when when i heard that That one one, like i'm like hmm this you're like oh interesting oh shit yeah into the uh flubble buddy and flubble buddy's fucking
1: weird dude and uh frankie goes to bollywood is like extra fucking weird just the Um,
2: vocals the vocal snippets and the wave ads down tuned it was just grating i'm like Four minutes straight, I'm like, I I can't fucking do this. And I sat through the whole record and I'm like I I would never suggest
1: someone to listen to Freaks and Beaks for their first album of Claude Von Stroke. It's it's definitely a really hard one to get into if you're not familiar with this sound and shit like that. But like Yeah. Yeah, beware of beware of the birds, like just got so many really fun and interesting ones. Um You have to remember too though that like so here's the thing about house music, for me at least, like It's not great like for just sit down and listening to it's more for like dancing in like a live setting like on big sound systems that slap because it all sounds really good loud with a rumbling shaking like low end to it and stuff. And in that kind of setting, it feels you can feel it more as opposed to just hearing it. You actually can feel it in your feet. And, you know, like it just kind of sets you up for that, I guess. Um, it's a setting sort of thing. Like for me, I don't like just casually listen to house music in my car unless I'm like track hunting. Like I was picking up rice today and listening to songs, and like I'm not listening to them in like a, I want to sit and enjoy this song kind of way. It was kind of more like <laughs> um, picturing how this would sound on a dance floor and then being like, is this a good song to put into my collection on my flash drive for playing out and like having yeah. this as like an option when I'm reading the crowd and seeing what they're liking and what they're not liking and stuff. So yeah. Um yeah, house music's I mean if you're gonna listen to it, I would just like maybe like listen to it like on some big speakers. Maybe if you're cleaning a house or something when you're up and kind of moving anyways. And just kind of have be in a space where you can yeah it's just it's dance music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's hard it's hard to listen to something that repetitive just in a sitting <laughs> like focusing on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think when Bryce said it's better to listen to things like that in a kind of passive sort of way, I think he's absolutely right about dance music. Like, I wouldn't argue with that. Like, you can definitely hear stuff and analyze it, you know, like, wow, like that sounds really interesting how it works like that. But, um, It just there's some repetition to it. You also have to remember that like
0: I I love Drew's like deep attempts here to to like find a way that doesn't sound derisive when he says it's not good to just like listen to, you know. (laughs) It's more about like there are some that I'll listen to,
1: but a lot of the time like the albums have like the actual original mixed versions that you would use the DJ with. So it's, like, you're going to have an intro and an outro that are, like, extra long for transitional purposes and stuff like that, too. So it's, like, if you have a radio edit, it's a lot easier to kind of ingest it. But when it's, like, six minutes long and there's, like, a little bit of that extra fat on it for, like, being able to bring the track in and then transition it out, like... It is definitely, I think, harder to listen to. Like Speaking kind of,
0: of ex- speaking of extra long and speaking of transitions, welcome to volume 12 of the Rock of Shame podcast, Oasis. Be- <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with the quote from Wikipedia Oasis. That was rude burning- as fuck, Bryce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not going oh, to let disagree- you get away with that.
0: Do you disagree about Oasis? <laughs>
1: Oh, you're saying that Oasis is long and hard to listen. to.
0: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I thought you were talking about my explanation of house music and no, stroke no.
0: Shit. Although you know, I don't know. Maybe there can be a double meaning if you like. Uh, I took Oasis- it personally. Oasis, <laughs> swear an English rock band formed in Manchester in 1991, developed from an earlier group, The Rain, the band originally consisted of Liam Gallagher. I love that this lists it this way. Uh, in parentheses, lead vocals, comma, tambourine. Uh, <laughs> dude goes hard seconds. on the tambo,
1: dude. Dude goes fucking <laughs> hard on the tambo.
0: Paul Arthurs on guitar. Paul McGuigan on bass guitar and tony mccarroll on drums upon returning to manchester liam's older brother noel uh, lead guitar and vocals joined as a fifth member finalizing the band's core lineup during the course of their existence they had various uh, lineup changes uh, though the gallagher brothers remained as the staple members Oasis signed to independent record label Creation Records in 1993 and released their record-setting debut album, Definitely Maybe, in 1994. The following year, they recorded What's the Story, Morning Glory in 1995 with drummer Alan White in the midst of a chart rivalry with Britpop, Piers Blur. Uh, spending 10 weeks at number one on the UK albums chart, What's the Story, Morning Morning Glory was also an international chart success and became one of the best-selling albums of all time. In addition, it stands as the fifth best-selling album in the UK and the biggest-selling album in the UK of the 1990s. The Gallagher Brothers featured regularly in tabloid newspapers for their disputes and wild lifestyles. In 1996, Oasis performed Two Nights at Nebworth. For an audience of 125,000 each night, uh, the largest outdoor concerts in UK history at the time. In 1997, Oasis released their third album, Be Here Now, uh, becoming the fastest selling album in UK chart history. History, However, its popularity declined quickly. Uh, McGuigan and Arthur's left in 1999 as Oasis released Standing on the Shoulders of Giants in 2000. They were replaced by former heavy stereo guitarist Jem Archer and former ride guitarist Andy Bell. Uh, White departed in 2004, replaced by Zach Starkey and later Chris Sharrock as touring members. Oasis released three more studio albums Heathen Chemistry in 2002, Don't Believe the Truth in 2005, and Dig Out Your Soul in 2008. The group abruptly disbanded after the departure of Noel in August 2009. As of 2008, Oasis has sold over 75 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling bands of all time. They are among the most successful acts on the UK Singles Chart and Albums Chart, with 8 UK number one singles and 8 UK number one albums. The band also achieved 3 platinum albums in the United States. They won 17 NME awards, 9 Q awards, 4 M TV europe music awards and six brit awards including one in 2007 for outstanding contribution to music and one for quote best album of the last 30 years and quote for what's the story morning glory they were nominated for two grammy awards uh that, again that comes to us uh, from their wikipedia drew it's your week you are the first to speak on oasis
1: Man, imagine trying to sound like the Beatles that badly and still sucking <laughs> that fucking hard.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, man. Like this, we're, in, we're like, in for
0: a spicy week, man. Yeah, a spicy man. Week like, here on the, show.
1: the amount of distaste that Bryce had for Drake is just being channeled right now into my detestment <laughs> for fucking Oasis. God damn, did I hate listening to Oasis. (laughs) Holy shit, man. It was grueling. They did not even have a big discog. And I still was like, next, 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 like a lot like this week. I was literally like, I can't, I can't listen to this. This is the same shit. Uh, Like, (laughs) diarrhea, like fucking hated it hated it hated it i'm sorry like i'm usually not this like opinionated and stuff on this show but that was fucking awful like from the start (laughs) to the finish of listening this week i was like i when it first started with um uh what's their first pretentiously named album um definitely maybe definitely maybe right it definitely without maybe sucked um, <laughs> like, uh, I'll go with, I'll go with how, with which ones I was able to muster through. Um, so we'll just start there. Um, okay. So yeah, it's worth noting the whole discography. If you want to do it, it's like six hours. It's really not super long. It felt yeah. like 24 hours. <laughs> um, but anyways, so listen to definitely, maybe, um, I listened to, Part of the master plan until I realized like fair. It's Is a comp. It? It's a comp, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah uh, it's listen- a B side comp. I listen to What's yeah. the Story, Morning Glory? Um I listened to some of Be Here Now. Um I was kind of confused by it. because um, it just had so much random shit on it. And um mm. Yeah, it feels like a lot of these have like weird extra shit in there that I think like normal Oasis fans would like just bust a nut over that they're in these albums. But to me, I'm like, I don't need to hear that. That's all right. A
0: lot um, of the ones yeah. on, a lot of the ones on Spotify are expanded significantly. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. Like yeah. B sides and whatnot.
1: By significantly, I mean like unnecessary amounts that sure, no one sure. should must have to muster through. Uh, standing on the shoulder of giants. Did I do that one? I think I skipped that one. Oh, I know. I listened to half of that one too. I just couldn't get through that one. Um, Heathen Chemistry. I listened to a fair amount of that one too. Dude, it was hard to get through some of these these albums. They were just like really boring. Um, Don't Believe the Truth. Um, uh, yeah. I think I listened to that. A little bit of that one. And I think I went through all of... Uh, dig out your soul which was really bad Um, they're all really bad but um, that one was really really bad Uh, I don't know like I guess like the ones with the hits on them I can see why people like Oasis I guess but to me it just sounded like people who were trying to have like a more watered down version of the Beatles that were just incredibly pretentious like everything about their music was so pretentious to me like, it was painful. Like, I know, like, the part that really annoys me is, like, it. Like you know, a lot of the time when it's, like, it's, like, I just don't get it. You know what I mean? I get it. I get why. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? And I still don't yeah. like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I am fully aware of what they're trying to do. And I don't like it at all. I think it's awful. Um, I think it's a horrible thing to do, to be that much of a fucking ton of douchebags. Be that much of, like, just intolerable people altogether. And somehow that level of pretentiousness and snobbery comes out in your diarrhea music. Like, seriously, was very disappointed in Oasis. Like, the fact that Wonderwall is, like, a laughing stock joke of a song, but it's their biggest hit. Um, I'm glad. Like, I'm glad that people laugh at the fact that that's their big hit. Like, fucking, you hear Oasis and you're like, fucking Wonderwall. Eh, you know? Like... Fuck you, Liam Gallagher.
0: Fuck you, Noel Gallagher.
1: Like, oh, and on top of all that stuff, I read more into how much of a bunch of assholes those guys are. Holy fucking shit. Fuck those guys. Like, fuck them. Both of them. Like, people are like, Liam's way more of a dick. I'm like, no, they both suck. Like, they're both awful yeah. people. Like, I, I wish them nothing but illness and bad health um, for making awful music and for um, being awful people. Um, altogether, fuck them. But, uh, so going into the Discog, um, like their hit songs are like, I mean, okay. So I know that I, I guess I'm kind of a bit counterculture to mainstream pop, right? Like anytime I hear mainstream pop. Like, I always feel like it's kind of missing something dynamic to it that would make it more interesting to someone like me who craves a little bit more than an easy listen, basically. And with this band, it is literally the most, like, boring shit. Like, it's so predictable and yet, like, so poppy And, like, just fits the structure, but it's just slightly off-kilter from being, like, the most predictable that makes it kind of pop and makes it attractive to people. But I feel like people that idolize these people, aside from Colin because I love Colin, but for the (laughs) most part, people who suck these guys' dicks do not understand what it means to be creative and talented. Because these guys basically just are rehashing christ
2: i'm sorry like this is just how i feel about it
1: from listening to them for this whole fucking week i had to sit through all this shit i'm sorry like hey i did too man yeah i mean it's just like dude everything about it just like screams like a lack of originality like it's just all like how can we take all of these things that we think are what make music good and put it with our own stuff on it somehow and claim it's ours, basically. It's kind of like how Led Zeppelin did it, except it's less good. Um,
0: It's like a Greta Van Fleet type thing.
1: Yeah, it's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like... They're like the Greta Van Fleet of the Beatles. (laughs) If that makes sense. Like it does
2: actually now that i put two and two together
0: i'm i am eating this up over here because i am uh now not the only person who's come out ready to fucking fight on a show about an artist and uh, it makes me happy
1: oh dude like <laughs> you could try and convince me all you want to that these guys are like very talented and like amazing artists i don't fucking see it um there's nothing about this the composition of these songs the dynamics of these songs that has any interest. Like, they almost... There's a few songs where, like, they almost do it for me. I'm like, ooh, this one might actually be, like, something that I feel, like, you know? And then they just fucking shit all over it every time. Like, I'm just like, fuck, you almost had it on that one. Like, uh, like I wanted to make, like, a list of songs that I was like, these ones aren't that bad. Uh, These ones are actually pretty good. I like these. There's nothing on their catalog that I listened to this week where I was like, I want to listen to that song again. I, like, at least once. Mm. Like, I just don't if I can avoid them for the rest of my life, I'd be fine with that. Who's next? I, I,
0: I will go next. Uh I think this uh I Drew, I love you. Uh I think this this band is okay. Um not in love. I know people who love this band. I know people who hate this band. I don't really know how you could feel any other way about this band other than uh, they are okay. Um, I found and and that that's just that like not pre- so they've they've been called people call them the Beatles of the nineties. The Beatles influence is there. It's all over this. My biggest issue with them as uh, uh, composers is uh, that it feels like they learn a lot of like the worst parts of the Beatles. Um, specifically the third album for the uh, for the record I listened to, definitely maybe nineteen ninety four what's the story morning glory 1995 be here now 1997 standing on the shoulders of giants 2000 heathen chemistry 2002 Uh, don't believe the truth 2005 and dig out your soul 2008 I listened to all the studio albums I will say the Spotify discography is kind of fucked and I did have to turn to the community on Spotify to find someone who just made a playlist of all the albums in the proper order uh, to listen through Um, because if you go to their Spotify discography it's littered with EPs and expanded versions of the albums which add the stuff that's on the the relevant uh timely eps of the time and shit and so it's kind of a mess but uh i um i feel like they learn a lot of the wrong uh uh lessons from the beatles and so you have uh an album like uh be here now which is filled with song with like a maybe four minute songs on their best day that for some reason last eight minutes. Um, and I'm not even talking one or two of them. I'm talking five or six of those songs are seven minutes plus. Um, and they, uh, uh, the only thing you can think is, Hey Jude, because it's like, Oh, okay. They're just going to continue playing this song forever. Mm -hmm. Um, or the other one is, uh, Um, well, the police song, um, don't stand so close to me. Right. Where he just fucking sting just sings the chorus for like three minutes at the end of the song. Um, it's, and a lot of their compositions are like that. And that was maybe the thing that bothered me the most. Uh, the other thing that bothered me about the band is, uh, man, go and read the lyrics while you listen to this band. They are, they're nothing. They don't really appear to say much of anything at all. They're just sort of a bunch of words that kind of sound nice together. And I'm sure that they're, you know, it's like listening to a Ramstein track or something like that, where it's like, (laughs) these are just nothing Uh, except what I will say. I I liked about uh, Oasis is when I, when I started listening to this band, I was like, everyone knows. This is a pussy band for girls. I found uh, that that I I didn't particularly l- like a lot of it, but I, I found some of the riffs I was like, that's fine, you know. And, and I was expecting to not like it a lot more than I did. I I, I found it mostly listenable, even if I found it not very challenging um, or or interesting for that Damn. matter. I found a lot of it. I found a lot of it to be pretty banal. Um, which is why I say, I think this band is okay. Um, now, uh, like with Drake, uh, it gets a little under my collar that this band is as okay as they are. And they've sold over 75 million records. That, that makes me go, why? <laughs> but, uh, but in a lot of the, in a lot of the cases I was like, this is fine. And I'm not even, I'm not even like a Beatles guy and not they're Like not that sound is not really my type of thing. Uh, and they're, they're so,
1: they're so very Beatlesy. y um, Well, on top of that, too, like with the whole Beatles thing, though, it's like at least the Beatles explored different genres in their catalog. Oasis just tries to have like this Oasis sound for all of their songs. Like there's no there's no like leaning into reggae. There's no leaning into like bluegrass. There's no leaning into blues. It's just like contemporary poppy rock from the 90s that has like that British vibe to it. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Man. And they're, you know, they're kind of trying to add in some sort of pink Floyd stuff in
1: there. And too. they add that there's middle it, Eastern there's... thing to, or not. Is it not? It's not, it, it's like the, um, like the sitars and stuff. Like, you know how, like they had sure. like that kind of Eastern influence with like revolver Indian, like Beatles, and like yeah, Indian thing. Yeah. Like, like revolver and a little bit of Sergeant pepper, like those mm. kind of more psychedelic albums. Like they tried to do a little bit of that kind of Eastern, like, style of music in Oasis but it was just like it was like a sprinkle of it and like it didn't even make sense to be there like it didn't feel like it added anything. Yeah.
0: There's a recording on either the second to last album or the last album that's just it sounds like a guy walking on a rocky beach for like 3 minutes. Uh because they apparently felt like they hadn't wasted enough of everybody's time already. They just needed to throw this in, but that was, you know, it's very kind of Pink floyd stuff where, like, if you're not ready for Pink Floyd and you don't understand what that band does and you listen to a Pink Floyd record, you're like, why is this a track of a guy just, like, laughing over ocean noises for fucking three minutes? What the fuck is this? <laughs> um, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, for me, uh, I, think this, I think this band's uh, okay. I think they're an okay band. Uh, it's not anything that I... Would listen to just because I I don't know. I like if I'm going to listen to a rock band, I like it a little stiffer. And if I'm going to listen to pop music, um I, I just think there are better options for me. And, you want to make it uh, actually
1: pop. <laughs> sure. I, yeah, it's it feels uh, it's like they're trying to be like like a hipster pop band. It's fucking weird.
0: It feels very uh I, I, it's not spicy enough for me uh in any way and uh and beyond that uh you know something like that for me can be saved by uh the lyrics having uh something to say that's like super interesting but th- again the lyrics you know i'm sure that there are deeper meanings you can pull from them and i'm sure uh people who like oasis are like you just don't get it and uh full full i will take full responsibility for just not getting it uh but most of the lyrics that i came across and, and listened into on the albums i was like he's just sort of saying things uh that kind of seem like they go together but The story is the storytelling is incredibly obtuse, unlike all of these. Uh, Greg, I would love to hear how you felt after your week with the Oasis.
2: Uh, if only Prince wasn't disqualified. Um, (laughs) yeah, uh, my thoughts are generally around the same. I did listen to all the studio albums as well, Bryce. Mm -hmm. Um, I did sit through all of them in full. Um, the first, which again.
0: Again, takes six hours.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but also uh, like Drew, it it feels a lot longer, especially on certain records. Um, The first two records, definitely maybe, and What's the Story, Morning Glory, eh, they're okay. I get the appeal. It's kind of breezy, a little bit stadium-esque. They do have Mm -hmm. some catchy melodies and some catchy choruses here and there, but... I mean, the lyrics are brain-dead simple. Most of the chord progressions and just compositions are just super straightforward and predictable um, to a point where it's it really isn't challenging you at all. It's just kind of like, all right, this exists. Um, I think one of my favorite songs off of What's the Story was uh, Don't Look Back at Anger, and the piano chords literally start off like, hey, Jude
1: dude right yo that i literally i was like oh is this a hey jude cover and i looked down it's a different title and i was like ew <laughs> i was
2: so yeah, mad. I, I heard the chord progression i'm like wait a motherfucking minute <laughs> and honestly the, the song was okay i could see why that was one of the singles but it's like dude literally the first like two or suck three. suck the beatles dicks
1: almost- more suck the beatles dicks more please <laughs> Gallagher brothers, basically, you guys are like so the Beatles of the '90s, bro. Uh, uh, uh. Like that, seriously, is just like a big middle finger to the Beatles, in my opinion. Like to say See? that they are even in the same like box, like that's insane to me. Like, yeah, it's just like even two- like all the production and shit is awful. Like with the Beatles, you, they literally had songs in like the '60s that sound insanely good. Because of, like, their studio quality and stuff. And, like, dude, like, these guys from the 90s and their production is, like, the same quality as, like, the 1960s Beatles. It's, like, there is nothing, like, you could even... uh, uh, Like, it irks me so much. Like, that they tried so hard to sound like the Beatles. They are British. And they are all douchebags. And they all have, like, super pretentious fucking names for their albums. It's just, like oh my god fuck these guys dude sorry go ahead greg it's a it is cool
2: um the first two records i'm it they're you know they're whatever i get why they appeal they're not for me be here now though yeah i'm not sure if anyone's watched uh todd in the shadows on youtube he's a great reviewer and he, uh-huh. has this, he has this series called Train Records where he sort of pinpoints a record in an artist's career. That sort of is like the downfall of the popularity. This was one of those episodes. And so I was slightly spoiled ahead of time, but I never listened to the full thing. God, I feel the same way that he did because this thing was just bloated for no fucking reason. And already, Oasis songs are not exactly short. Yeah, They are minimum three minutes most of the time. And usually I think are like late, later four minutes to like maybe around five and a half minutes usually. Mm-hmm. And Be Here Now, most songs are hitting the six, seven, and even nine minute marks. And there's not a single fucking interesting
1: element to there's any of them. There's no reason they need to be that long. For any other reason except for just fucking vanity of, like, just forcing you to listen to them longer than you have to.
0: The first track on the record is, like, 13 minutes long or something like that. Oh, no, it's it's
1: seven and a half, but it feels much
2: longer because the chorus just does not fucking. Do you know what I mean? No, (laughs) we
1: don't. We don't know what it's like to be that much of a narcissistic (laughs) douchebag. I'm sorry. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Truly, it is some of the goddamn worst. Um, like the the I don't uh, like. I can see why that record was their downfall because, unlike the other <laughs> two records, which initially got like okay reception, not the best, but now are hailed as classic records. Be here now was immediately hailed, and now is looked back on as like. Yeah, this was actually not good at all. <laughs> it it was it was truly just a god awful record to sit through and I don't know how anybody could listen to the deluxe version of it. It was really really bad. But um Standing on the Shoulders of Giants to me got at least a little bit better because they did try to branch out just enough To make it somewhat interesting with the more psychedelic elements. Not saying that they did it well, but at least it wasn't as grating as Be Here Now. Um, They at least tried. Then, uh, Heathen Chemistry, uh, kind of went back more toward the Brit pop type of sound, and just not as good. Don't Believe the Truth had some folkier elements that were okay, but otherwise the record was pretty trash. And, uh, dig out your soul I liked some of the fuzzier harder riffs that they were trying to go for on the record I think sometimes the riffs were good but overall like it still didn't make the songs overall good because they just didn't progress anywhere interesting right so yeah Oasis I get why some people like Oasis I could chalk it up to really not being my thing, and I don't really give a shit about the Gallagher drama. Just because I know that that's honestly more interesting than the music, but that's not the reason why I wanted to listen to
1: Oasis this week. I wanted to listen to the music. I'm not interested in the drama either. I just think what they've said about other artists is really fucking stupid and oh like, they're they're
2: they're they're as bad as gene simmons when it comes to just throwing people under the fucking bus and
1: it, they act like their opinions matter to this like crazy <laughs> amount and like they are the spokespersons of like what is good music and i just i'm like oh well what's good music what you guys do oh let me listen to that oh <laughs> this sucks if this is good music i want no part in it like i'm sorry like I just, like, I think it's the fact that as I was listening to them this week, I was also learning about them as people and realizing, like, how much they think that what they are doing is a godsend. And that made me really upset. Like... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and and it comes down to their, you know, they of course the the band is almost the legacy of their uh, their breakup and whatnot is sort of bigger than the music for them, yeah. um, and it really kind of blows your mind at the outset because you're like, here's a band that you know, seventy five million records, huge legacy of accolades, uh, particularly in the UK, and you. <laughs> You guys really can't set some fucking boundaries and figure this out. Is it re- your brothers, for fuck's sake? Just set some boundaries and figure
1: this shit out.
2: Yeah, they're grown ass men and they still can't figure this. No, shit I'm out. glad, I'm, I'm glad they later. haven't.
1: I'm glad because it's less oh, it's less Oasis. You know what I mean? Like, thank God. Thank God that they hate each other so much that we don't have to listen to more of their shit.
0: But I again, uh, let me finish. Uh, <laughs> Please continue. Uh, you're you're sitting there. Uh, so for me, coming into contact with people talking about the drama surrounding the band, with that being kind of the thing that everybody knows about them more than any of their songs, um, it was a situation for me where I was like, I was like, how on earth can you not figure like sit down in a room and fucking talk to each other and figure this shit out so that you can do. So that you can go and live this life like most people only dream of. How fucking hard is that? But then you, the more you learn about like, the more you like listen to these dudes talk, you're like, oh, that's why. Because they're these types of personalities, sociopaths. and it's just Fucking it, no, sociopaths. but sociopaths. But it's just it's just it's such a big just uh, a big problem, you know. And they just they're really bad at communicating with one another or anybody. They're both really kind of terrible at communicating with anybody. Oh, uh, they're they're uh,
1: they're unbearable people.
0: Sure, sure. And so th- uh, they have a very hard time sticking together and. And uh, it's fine, you know, for me because I, mean, I, I know, I know think... both
2: of them have solo careers, but I don't care sure. to listen to either one of them.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna save myself the trouble. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't.
0: <laughs> um. So I. I mean. I guess let's get into it. How How many slaps, uh, Greg? Uh,
2: I've I've been sort of flipping the number around, but. I guess as background music, I would give them a two. Okay. As background music, I don't care. It's there. It's not challenging. Mm -hmm. It's honestly inoffensive. The people themselves, the Gallaghers are offensive people, but the music (laughs) they made were so inoffensive and just existing that if it's in the background, I'm not going to give much of a shit. Mm -hmm. Like if it was, it's not 311. It doesn't really piss out of me like that. I'd rather (laughs) listen to 3.11 than
1: Oasis. Wow, wow.
2: (laughs) Nah, I'm not there yet.
0: (laughs) For me, it's between, it's like a three on a really great day. Um, But with it being based entirely on, uh, you know, with the, the slap count being based on personal taste, I'm more comfortable with a two, two being okay than i am with a three three being good um i think the band's like a very strong two if we yes. were doing halves it would maybe be a 2.5 for me
2: if we were doing that i would have it about, i'd have it about a one and a half myself but it's like eh do, do they annoy me enough where i can't have them in the background sure not quite sure so too
0: and you know again I would caution you if you if you're a person who quite enjoyed the week with oasis or if you're a person who has traditionally enjoyed oasis the the slap counts on this show are entirely just subjective
1: as fuck
0: yeah they're not based on anything. And uh, they're entirely just like uh, personal taste uh, based. So, yeah. uh, Drew, where are you on Oasis?
1: I mean, I'm saving my zero just in case. <laughs> but if I could give a point five, I would. So I'm just gonna go with a one, just in okay. case we run across something that infuriates me. Like this just irked <laughs> me. Like. Right. it's just plain and simple like the fact that they are no longer making music is relieving um i I feel better at night going to sleep knowing that they are not a band right now that makes me it makes it easier for me to sleep at night um if you're an oasis fan I'm confused um but i I don't hate you I'm just I'm confused, you know, (laughs) Um, I'm concerned, (laughs) even I I, I might be a little concerned, you know, Um, I don't hate you as a person. I don't dislike you as a person. I don't even I'm not even going to judge you or think differently of you. If you're an Oasis fan, I'm just going to be wondering why you like them, because I don't.
0: I mean, I can I can I can see why someone would like them. They have fairly decent melody work, I think, throughout their songs. Um, they have a handful of parts where the songs get, uh, uh, you know, a little heavier than I would have expected and have a little bit more dynamic play than than they typically do. Um, you know, I mean, like, it's fine. I don't under, again, my bigger thing is not, I don't understand how anyone could like this band. It's more, I don't really understand how anyone could love this band, uh, because I think a lot of the things that they do, uh, a lot of other bands kind of do in a more interesting way.
1: Yep, nicely, Pretty much, very kindly put, Bryce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my number stands at one. I personally would rather be butt fucked by a scorpion than have to listen to them again. Um, that being said. You know, um, shout outs to the Gallagher's once again for not being a band anymore. I appreciate you guys. Follow your dreams.
2: (laughs) Don't play together.
1: Thank you so much for not playing anymore. Thank you. That's
0: Um, that's Oasis with a total score of five points. Not since Drake have we seen a five pointer on this show. Um still not the lowest score of all time, which is uh 311. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it's worth. Uh, but uh but not a great score uh for Oasis. Uh I yeah, I think it was a fine week. I hate to be a downer on it, uh, but uh I think uh, everybody was kinda in the same the same place on this band. Uh
2: there was so much good new music that came out this week that it just really offset any boredom I had throughout the week with Oasis. <laughs> yeah.
1: I I didn't have a lot of that. I mostly just, every single time I went to go play music, it's like, oh, fuck, I have to listen to Oasis. Uh, And I just didn't have a lot of time (laughs) other than that. So I'd put it on and I would just be like, fuck! Like, for a while. So um, I will say this about the 311 Oasis comparison. Um, At least with 311, they don't, take themselves as seriously as oasis does
0: bullshit what do you mean bullshit. what do you mean they totally do are you saying they that totally they do. that they're like
1: they're like yeah all these other bands suck we know what real music is really because like i don't think they do that
0: no okay okay that's fine i'm not talking about i'm talking about in the music the music takes itself dreadfully serious in 311 that was one of my biggest issues with it is that it's all Amber is the color of your energy. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ.
1: If I had to pick between that (laughs) and Wonderwall, I'm going to listen to Amber.
2: (laughs) Fair. If you had a gun to my head to choose which song, I'd just say, pull the fucking trigger, asshole. (laughs) That is
1: definitely... um, I haven't had a suicidal ideation in a very long time, but that could prompt one, potentially. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Anyways, sorry. It's
0: my week to choose the artist. Ha <laughs> ha! It is my week to choose the artist. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I have a couple of artists here, but I'm looking at them. And I'm going. Hmm, hmm. 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 Um. What about suicidal tendencies? Disqualified. Have you guys ever listen? Oh fuck. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No, it's getting interesting. It's getting interesting. Because uh, I have some other suggestions here. Have you ever heard of a fellow named Blowfly?
2: Fucking what?
0: Blowfly, Blowfly is uh, a, 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 a dirty uh, uh, rapper from the 80s. Think of Rudy Ray Moore type. Uh, who had a big influence on artists like the 2 Live Crew and whatnot. A uh, lot of uh, weird 80s rap songs uh, about uh, sexual themes and whatnot. Um, we haven't done an artist that was overtly a funny artist in a in a, a, a bit since Guar, at least. It might be kind of interesting to check out something a little closer to that sort of novelty edge. Um, other uh, options... I'd really love to do the Commodores at some point. Um, If neither of you guys have done it, although they're a little close to that soul thing that we've done a little bit of on this show, it's worth noting. Yeah, quite a bit of soul. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Living Color is also one that I would have suggested as well.
2: Ooh, yes. Actually, Living Color would qualify
1: for me.
0: (laughs) Would also qualify for me, only knowing a couple of their songs.
1: I know two albums.
0: Oh, well, that's not great then. Uh, out of
1: what? Sean though, made me to listen to the newest one that they had come out with, and I had already listened to the album that had Cult of Personality on it. So
2: basically, shit. like their it's either their first or second one, and their latest one. Then
1: that mm-hmm. you've heard, yeah. So, so pretty I have, much nothing, nothing in the center. I have I have a good gist of them at least though. It would it would be yeah, kind of interesting he does, he to go does. through that, but he does have a pretty good. Knowledge of
0: of them at that they don't have that many records. The
1: Blowfly one sounds kind of interesting to me, though.
2: I say, I say, how much how much discography does Blowfly have?
0: Quite if a bit, specifically
2: like eighties.
0: Quite a bit, uh not eighties. He worked all the way up until when he died in twenty sixteen.
1: Oh, we also have never we also have not done Shock G though. The Humpty Hump mm, man, who recently passed away. And everyone was all, "Oh no!" About the other guy who died around the same time as Shock G. Oh yeah, Run DMC, (laughs) or not Run DMC? Uh, uh, DMX, 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 DMX. But Shock G, though wrong DM. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just see what the discog looks like for Shock G too, though.
2: Yeah. Does Shock G have any like solo records, or is it primarily under uh, the uh, digital or? Whatever group he was in. I forgot what the name is off the top of my head.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate. There's only two albums. What?
2: Mm. Yeah. That's Look,
0: I nice. think Blowfly I think Blowfly is the best choice that has come out so far. He does have a um, lot
2: of stuff like Jesus God, he's Dana got Christ, a lot of things.
0: He he's got a lot of stuff and he's got great album titles like Porno Freak and Two thousand one A Sex Odyssey.
1: Uh seventy-seven Rusty Trombones. Wait, wait, wait. Shock <laughs> G does have Shock G does have a lot of discog, but it's because he was in a rap group.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I can't remember what the group's name was.
1: Digital Underground.
2: That's yes. what it was. Tupac was in there for a time. He kinda was. He was, more, <laughs> he was like, more He was more of a background guy at the time.
1: He was more their opening act <laughs> in Roadie, and then He got signed for a single deal uh and then got way more popular than <laughs> digital underground by a lot obviously um but yeah shock g is the reason that tupac's a thing basically because yep. shock g grabbed them and put them on tour with them so
2: i would be Anyways. down for bl- i wouldn't mind doing uh digital underground at some point but i think uh i don't know blowfly sounds pretty interesting especially I like to see the evolution of an eighties rapper all the way into you know, the twenty tens, like sure, yeah. sonically there's gotta be some kind of adjustment somewhere. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, uh Blowfly kind of an unknown but a uh, big uh influence on a bunch. He's you know, the Rudy Ray Moore comparison is really good because is he based he's is, is he from types.
1: Miami, like like two live and ninety five south and all that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And was a big influence on both of those artists. See, because I
1: love, I love the Miami sound like a lot, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I have some interest in that. Also, for the purpose of seeing if any of that shit would work really well in a set, too. Just like <laughs> I mean, something really honestly, obscure.
0: Honestly, I listened to a couple of tracks earlier, and my biggest thought was like, oh, Drew would love to pull elements of this into something yeah. because it's just it's him, you know, it's a rap it's, it's, it's dancy
1: because all the Miami stuff's so dancy.
0: It's an 80s rat dancy rap beat with him saying just like nasty sex shit over the top Yeah. It.
2: That's my shit, dude. He has an album in 2014 called Black in the Sack and the album art is fucking hilarious. <laughs>
1: I mean, like, dude, I have I have a track. I mean, I showed Bryce a track with uh, a lovely diva by the name of Sweet Pussy Pauline. And uh, the sample is just called Work This Pussy. And uh, it's just a story about finding a bunch of people, dudes with little dicks, and then finally finding that guy with the big dick and then making a lot of moaning sounds over uh, the microphone. Being like, oh, Yeah. Work this pussy! <laughs> you know, it's Look, out.
0: we've done Guar, and Guar's its own thing, but we really haven't done any dirty sex music on this show. And a, a really, quite frankly, a shameful lack of dirty sex music on the show. Because I love and dirty I, sex. Do you I like dirty sex, Greg? I think we should
1: it. Very. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all are big fans of dirty sex we do a lot of sex and the two live so, crew
0: the two live crew themselves are disqualified
1: at least from me so yeah uh, we can't I, we I, I've, can't I've listened to a lot of two live and a lot of 95 South like yeah not 90 you know 95 South too right right Bryce yes yes Woop yeah the track whoop there it is Is ninety five right. South. Sa- yeah. same sound as two live basically
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm already just looking at a track list for electronic banana and Jesus Christ some of these titles <laughs> The
0: titles are amazing. We're going to talk about them all next week. Everyone, oh, make, God. A, make a list. Be sure the three of us should make a list of our, our favorite song titles this
2: week. I always do every week.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for joining us on this wonderful adventure. We'll be back next week for volume 13, Blowfly. Please subscribe to the show, tell your friends, share it around. Music is better with friends. But for now, and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find them.